Hey everyone, before we get started today, we're going to be talking about the new movie Halloween Kills, if you didn't know by clicking on it. We're going to get into spoilers as we do, so if you don't want to be spoiled, get that watched. Come check us out afterwards to hear our thoughts. Available in the theaters and on Peacock. All right, Garrett, we went to see this movie with Michael Myers in it. Not Mike Myers. Yeah, baby, yeah! The actual shape. A lot of fighting going on in this movie. I wanted to ask you a question out, out the gate. Is If you were caught in a house with Michael Myers, what would your dream weaponry setup be? I thought you were going to say my dream wedding, and I was like, <laughs> go on, I'm in for it. Michael in all white. No. Oh, of course, yeah. of course. What, 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 do you, what do you think you would need to go toe-to-toe with the shape? Well... I feel like Lori pretty much uh, stole my idea. Fire. That's it. Set the house on fire. He's going to stand in that window the whole time. That's all he wants to do. You set it on fire. You you give him a, you open the blinds. You're done. Problem solved. Yeah. I think what we need, though, for in my dream version of this fight, fantasy version? I don't know. Idealized. Like I, there you go. I don't want to fight Michael Myers. It's not a dream of mine. Um, <laughs> but to say that we would need some orange cones, some caution tape and flares, as the house goes down in flames, no one is allowed to touch it until we check the body and make sure it's burnt to a crisp. Oh, we'll eat it. And then eat it. We're going to eat the body do we to become, gain its powers. I'm going to say, yeah. We, do we become Same pain! <laughs> would we become evil then? Uh, you know. It's like Jason 9 where he eats the heart. Evil is the, the, the eye of the beholder or some shit like that. <laughs> I don't know. That's the Yeah. <laughs> Hey, all you creatures from cyberspace. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Grave Talk podcast. My name is Mark. Again, joined with Garrett and John. Wait a minute. Wait, John, it's it's spooky season, as y'all know. I'm so John's out hunting vampires right now. Oh, I was going to say something's missing in the room and it's John. Yeah, it's it's the 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 mild aroma of pixie sticks and um, incense and donuts, glazed donuts. He does bring donuts and I appreciate that. <laughs> but to be fair, no donuts today. No donuts for you. So you just got a duo today. John is busy. Real life got in the way of talking about this new movie with well, us. Well, we did give him a satellite phone and a couple wooden stakes, so maybe we'll reach out to him at some point in the podcast to uh, hear his thoughts on Halloween Kills. We'll throw up the smoke signals when it's John's turn to chime in. <laughs> well, how you been, Garrett? What have you been up to since last time? Uh, watched a ton of horror movies. A ton? Uh, a ton. Actually, you know what? I'm picking up the slack for once. How much does each horror movie weigh? Uh, about three grams or you know if you wanted to really get into it um we could go with a met wait is grams metric system already i believe so okay ounces grams ounces grams liters. i don't know I don't what know. is the what is it we're the worst scientists and drug dealers ever i failed science <laughs> nine years in a row i watched uh, i watched the uh the green inferno by eli uh, roth yes the the cannibal holocaust knockoff yes or homage i would say homage okay. um you know filmed beautifully just not my cup of tea. The story was so basic and bland. The plot twist at the end really kind of, it's not like a surprise plot twist, but it's definitely kind of like, oh, you're not supposed to see that coming. I, I don't know. It didn't do much for me. Um, I did watch the whole thing, though. So, I mean, 
it, it did its job. It got me all the way through it without making me regret my time with it. But it just the the the, the story was too basic for me. It was a little too uh, too bland. Um, so I watched that. I've also watched. Uh, I watched. You know, in reference to this movie that we were going to talk about today, I watched Rob Zombie's Halloween Two. Finally, oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy, indeed. <laughs> um, as as we know from the the previous podcast episodes, um, I did not completely dislike uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween remake. Um, I thought it was very interesting the way he he delved into the Loomis Myers relationship. I don't think we needed the the origin story about him being a child and seeing that fucked up mess. Yeah. You cut that whole first part out. I think the rest of the movie is pretty good. Yeah, it, it was great. This movie picks up um, right after the first one. Cinematography-wise, visually, holy shit, Rob Zombie is on par with some of the best. Like, this movie is beautiful. It's creepy. It's intense. He chose to go a direction with the story that I really did not like. He kind of, you know, as always, he cast Sherry in it, Sherry Moon Zombie in it, which, okay, cool. That's your thing. That's your film. Right on. Pretty much he just gives Michael Myers mommy issues and that's his whole motivation for this. And while it's a very interesting idea um, compared to what we've gotten before in the, the Halloween franchise, it really undercuts the the malevolence of that character. It really kind of just makes him like, I got a job to do because mom told me to do it. Like it's a chore as opposed to a calling, if you will. That seems to align him a little closer to a Jason Voorhees type. Very much a Jason Voorhees um, psycho killer. Oh, man, what's his name? Um, Norman Bates. Norman Bates. Yeah. Um, We've said it before on this podcast, but, you know, when you start humanizing and uh, giving your terrors and villains like these kind of backstories that you can kind of empathize with, they start to lose what makes them menacing. And I just don't think that's a good idea. I think you can... Uh, yes and no. I think that you can give these empathetic backstories to make you kind of empathize with these characters and be like, oh man, now I understand why you're so into what you're doing. But when you, when you take away the characters that are supposed to be mysterious, like Myers, we don't know a whole lot about, you know, like that was his whole thing. Why is he evil? I mean, Loomis goes off on it. It's like, nobody knows why he's fucked up, but he is just evil incarnate. And that's what makes Michael Myers so freaky to me. But when you when you humanize his backstory, it was like, oh, so he's just got issues that maybe therapy could have solved. Okay, we're good. Right. So I I I see what you're saying, but man, it was it was a choice. I did not hate the movie, but I can honestly say it ranks fairly low plot-wise in my Halloween hierarchy. And I watched a bunch of other bullshit, but I'll talk about that on another podcast. That's fair. If I could circle back for a couple questions on the Green Inferno. Um, as someone who's only seen Cannibal Holocaust, does this one offer anything different or better? I think the the backstory behind um, Green Inferno, like the, the plot device that they use to get the, the people out there, they're going to go do some like ecological like sabotage to stop uh, people from cutting down the rainforest uh, is the general premise of our main characters. And then you find out that some characters are getting used and there's like a lot of like kind of betrayal and deeper plot to some of these characters. I think that adds a lot more um, to the the viewing experience than Cannibal Holocaust of like, oh, we're just here to film some shit and we just get caught up in some nonsense. Um, I would say the plot is better in Green Inferno than Cannibal Holocaust. The gore and the effects, a little more intense in this movie just because of the time it is. Sure. But I feel like the the unknown, the the kind of, they, they telegraph a few of these kills a little bit more. 
So I feel like some of them are a little less intense than what we got in Cannibal Holocaust. I would say there's also less sexual violence in this one as opposed to the the original, uh, the original, but in Cannibal Holocaust. So hopefully less animal death too. Yeah, actually, I can't really think of. Um, That's what it's infamous for, right? It's yeah, like, it's, is it real? Is it not real? Right, like yeah. animal violence. I can't really think of um, any animal deaths in this. I'm sure there probably was. The, the The kills in Green Inferno are pretty intense, though. There are some really interesting kind of like non-telegraphed, out of the blue, like deaths. But they come less from the cannibals and more from a, a plane crash incident. Mm. So, but I don't know if you, if you enjoy kind of a simple plot, but you like some, you know, gory kind of, you know, tense moments, Green Inferno is not bad. Okay. So like a mild recommendation. I'd put it at like maybe a five out of 10. Cool. I watched a couple things that are related to not the cinema, but the television screen. I watched the brand new, I know what you did last summer. Oh man. Amazon exclusive television show, eight episodes. Go on. Each an hour long. Oh, that's a bit long. It's too long. So right off the bat, I'm, I'm going to try to keep it spoilerish free. I only watched the first episode. Uh, they released a batch of four, and they're going to do that thing where they release one a week after that. This one does... Keep those subscribers subscribed. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what I think of it yet. I don't think a lot of it. It feels like a CW show. There's a lot of teen drama. It's been modernized quite a bit to, um, I guess the audience would be teens, right? Like, but then I didn't feel like that one was for me back when we were that age, the original. So I don't know. I, I think I am not the demographic for this property <laughs> in any time. <laughs> but that being said, uh, none of the characters are translated over from the original. So if you're expecting to see like a uh, Freddie Prince Jr. Uh, over here, all the characters are completely different. The only thing that remains the same is somebody does get run over by a car as these teens are celebrating graduating high school. This seems arduous because that plot, you know, with a two hour movie, which I believe the first one was, you know, worked okay, but it was still a little bit long at moments. I feel like making this like an eight episode season, there's going to be so much pap in there. (laughs) There's going to be so much pointless. Like, I can't believe you slept with Zoe. She (laughs) wanted it. Besides, we were broken up. We were on a break. Wow, you almost nailed episode one, <laughs> and I'm not kidding. Oh, man. Um, yeah, some of the elements that are new to this one is there is a pair of blonde twins. Uh, Go on. Wait, um, male or female? Female. Go on. <laughs> you know what? Take that back. Either one. Let's go. Blonde right. twins. We got you. Also, there's a drug dealer. Okay. Classic. So, uh, like, they're all at this house party. Oh, it's all set in Hawaii now, so there's no Croker Queen. We're okay. not doing any of the beauty pageant shit this it's time the around. Coconut Queen. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> but uh, they're all celebrating, and they're partying at this lush, amazing mansion on the water. And uh, one of the things that struck me is they were partying with their parents, and I was like, God damn, man. Can you imagine <laughs> having a parent like that when you were in high school? Like, I cannot. Let's go. <laughs> I'm talking th- this party had Coke on the bathroom counters. They were grinding each other like DJ. It was a fucking, you, it's a party of like crazy Hollywood level. And I'm like, wow, these kids are going to get trashed tonight. Sure enough, somebody dies. <laughs> well, as, as does at any good party. Right. And somebody knows what they did last summer. Anyways, that's, I'm not, I don't want to get too much into it. Um, I'm, I'm intrigued enough to see what changes are made along the way. The person that dies is different. Okay. And I'll leave it there. Um, my wife is also kind of like, I'll keep going a few more episodes. But like you said, eight is a big fucking ask for this. That's like, imagine that. Like, that's like eight sequels. 
to that movie. I mean, we only got three before they finally scrapped the the franchise. So, I mean, that's what? Hold on. Five more. God, math is hard. Math and science is difficult today. (laughs) We failed all our subjects. I did also real quick, and I'm not going to go into it, but I did pick up the new Chucky series that's being released weekly. So I'll have an update on that a little bit later, too. Well, that was the second thing that I watched. I watched Chucky, the episode one. Right on. Yeah, it came out last night. I like it. I think that Brad Dorif feels 70 something and it sounds like it in his voice. Now I'm, I'm torn on that. Of course, there's only one Chucky to me. It's him. But how much longer can we make this old man try to scream like a maniacal doll? <laughs> I don't know. Do you want an answer to that? Cause <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I've got one? one and on his deathbed <laughs> till he's gone. Okay. Guys, I'm going out. Give us one more. God damn it, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> the setup's pretty good. Um, so Chucky is on a table of a garage sale. In this you got a friend in me. <laughs> oh, yeah. This 14 year old gay teen um, who's into retro. He's like, you like, you like old stuff? He's like, oh, no, I like retro. He keeps bringing that up when okay. people come at him with it. Um, so he picks up this good guy doll happens to be Chucky. Nice. Takes him home. His dad played by Devin Sawa. Oh, is a real piece of shit. Of Final Destination fame. Right. And uh, ever since his mother died, Devin saw his wife, he turned into a real drink. Uh, He turned into a drink. (laughs) A real tall drink of water, that Devin (laughs) saw. He turned into an alcoholic. That's what I'm trying to say. And he just treats his son like shit. His son's trying to do art. He's building all these sculptures out of doll parts. So that's kind of why he's picking up the Chucky doll. He's going to take him apart and add it to his sculpture. Okay. His dad gets drunk and trashes the sculpture. Mm. Chucky does what Chucky does best and um, really sets up the series. So Revenges um, it up. Yeah. There's a really great scene where Chucky and the new kid go to a talent show, and they're doing a ventriloquist act. Oh, God. Okay. I'm sold. It was good. I'm sold. <laughs> like, that's all you had to say is Chucky is a vent figure. I'd be like, I'm in. Yeah. I'm on board for it so far. I like does it feel cheesy at all? Sometimes a little bit, but not too much. Sometimes when we touch. Yeah. And this will this will be a good opportunity to plug our upcoming worst in show. Oh yeah. That's coming in November where we're gonna talk about the supposed worst Chucky film. Well, we'll leave it at that. I think we may have already mentioned it. Yeah. And, uh, but no, wait, that episode doesn't come out yet. This comes out first. <laughs> right. So guess what? We have not mentioned it. You might be surprised is what the worst rated Chucky film is. This episode is better than the worst Chucky film by a mile. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And you know which one I think is the worst. Yes. I've talked yes. about it in anger. We will, so. we will discuss it again a little bit further too. Definitely. Okay. Well, that's good to hear because again, I picked it up. It was 20 bucks for the season pass and mm. I was like, that's okay. not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, I think it's probably going to be like 10 episodes or something like that. I think so. Yeah, Aaron on USA. Okay, cool. Oh, a lot of F-bombs. That was a surprise. Yeah, well, they kind of said that they're going to air it late on USA, and USA has been kind of like changing gears on that stuff. So I mean, after all the hours of South Park and now so many streaming (laughs) shows can do whatever they want, I feel like network TV has to do something about it. They got to compete. So Did... um, did Jennifer Tilly make an appearance? Um, there's like some behind the scenes stuff that talks about episode one where Mancini sits down and says some uh, like basically lays out all the wink and nods. Okay, gotcha. Uh, well, let's leave it at that. Then. Yeah, let's let's wink and nod at it and I'll I, find out. I will say that I'm pretty positive she's in the show. I think she's in the trailer. Yeah, I think so. so. so okay. She's going to make an appearance. Nice. So yeah, check those two things out if you're interested in any horror TV. I don't really delve into it too much, but I am curious to see these big name properties make it to this to the tiny screen. 
It's not silver. I don't know what color it is. Uh, <laughs> what is a television? Silver tope. screen is the movies. <laughs> Your taupe screen. There you go. All right. Well, unless you've got anything else to mention, Garrett, let's get into today's movie, which is Halloween Kills. Let's get it on, mother. From 2021. Just to recap, this is the second in the trilogy directed by David Gordon Green and uh, co-produced by Danny McBride, I believe. Yeah, co-written, co-produced by Danny McBride. Bloomhouse also heavily right. involved in producing this. Yeah, and if you guys have not watched any of these and you just decided to listen to this anyway after my warning at the beginning, all the sequels have been wiped clean, and this trilogy is slotted right in after movie one in 1978, correct? Yeah, well, this one takes place right after Halloween 2018, which takes place right after the first right. one that I came out. I meant the trilogy is getting slotted Gotcha, in. yes, yeah. correct, correct. So uh, do we need to recap the last one? You know, real, real, real fast. Michael Myers getting transferred mm -hmm. out of his mental hospital to a different mental f facility. Much worse. On Halloween for On, no good reason. Well, it's because the only time you can move him. It's in his contract. <laughs> okay. um, so, yeah, his 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 bus crashes. He gets out. Blah, 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 blah. Lori Strode is old. She's never gotten over what happened. She has become like a militant. Like her life revolves around Michael Myers. The daughter and the granddaughter have always dealt with this. Um, he gets uh, Myers gets out, goes on a killing spree. Everyone thinks he's going for Lori again. Bada bing, bada boom. It's a showdown of the two. She lures him in. And the last thing that happens is the the daughter, the granddaughter, and Lori Strode, or I guess it was a grandmother at this point, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> fight Michael Myers, trap him in the basement, and set the house on fire. Classic Garrett move. Yeah. And they hop in the back of a truck and they drive heal away. out. And Lori has been stabbed in her altercation with Michael. Yes. And that's where this one picks up. So Halloween Kills currently sitting at Rotten Tomatoes with the critics at a 38%. Oh, wow. Less than half enjoyed the movie. Uh, with the audience, though, 74% of them liked it. And that's out of 1,000 plus and climbing. It's brand new. So we'll see where this number settles in a few weeks. Okay. I, I feel like it's going to settle probably around 60%. Yeah, I think so. I think it'll drop a little bit once some of the, the excitement wears off. I do think this one's going to kind of be a split. Um, a real malignant, if you will. A real hereditary. Ooh. A real... I can't think of any other thing that's A real us. Halloween <laughs> 2 by Rob Zombie, maybe? I don't know. No, I don't know if that one ever got like great praise. <laughs> no, but. I don't think so. Uh, in this one, we have Jamie Lee Curtis reprising her role as Laurie Strode. Judy Greer is Karen, is the daughter. Andy Matichak is Allison, the granddaughter. James Jew Courtney is the shape. Nick Castle is the shape. Aaron Armstrong is the shape in 1978. Will Patton is Officer Hawkins. Thomas Mann is Young Hawkins in the 70s. Jim Cummings is Pete McCabe. Dylan Arnold is Cameron Alam. Robert Longstreet is Lonnie Alam. Anthony Michael Hall as Tommy Doyle. That's who that was? Yes. Holy shit. Wait, Anthony Michael Hall or Tommy Doyle? Anthony Michael Hall. I oh, didn't yeah. recognize him. I haven't seen him in like Everyone 20 years. Everyone in the car on the way back here was like, I didn't know that was Anthony Michael Hall. So, yeah. yeah. Scott MacArthur as Big John. And Michael McDonald as Little John. You remember Michael McDonald from... Um, Mad TV. Mad TV, Stewart. Yeah. Yeah. That's who I thought that was. So, so a lot of these characters are throwbacks to the original Halloween uh, 19... When did that first one come out? I'm so bad at this. 1963? I, no, the movie. No, no, that's, that's when the, the actual event took place in the original movie. It was either 78 or 79. Yeah. So um, basically, a lot of characters from the, the first Halloween movie are coming back as uh, adults, which I really liked. This movie is so good about 
bringing up the nostalgia without cramming it down your throat. They did a really good job of giving you just enough helping of like, remember this or, Hey, you know, this is familiar, but making it fit perfectly within the world that we have created in this. Here's what Google has to say. This movie's about, I don't know where it's from, but it's an, it's a nice succinct paragraph and I'll read it to you now. The nightmare isn't over as unstoppable killer Michael Myers escapes from Laurie Strode's trap to continue his ritual bloodbath. Injured and taken to the hospital, Laurie fights through the pain as she inspires residents of Haddonfield to rise up against Myers. Taking matters into their own hands, the Strode women and other survivors form a vigilant mob to hunt down Michael and end his reign of terror once and for all. And as the movie won't shut up about, when does evil have to die? Tonight. Oh. Tonight, bro. Is it tonight? Straight up. Okay, not tomorrow. Evil dies tonight. Can I pencil it in for next week? No, tonight. tonight. Okay, fine. Okay. It's non-negotiable. I get it, movie. Hey, evil (laughs) dies tonight. Did evil die tonight? Find out. (laughs) Listen to the episode. (laughs) Uh, I take a little bit of offense to that because uh, they kind of paint Laurie Strode as the one who incites this mob, and she really doesn't. No, I think that they didn't give her much to do at all. I think the trailer wants us to think that she's also this leading lady of the movie. Yes. But once you get into the movie, uh, it's very, it's a, it's a bit different. So let's just probably just go ahead and jump into it. Unless you got anything else to say about, I mean, this, this movie is highly anticipated. It's going to do well at the box office. I think it did 4.9 on Thursday night, the night, the midnight release. Do you recommend this one? Do you think it's good? Where does it rank in your Halloween we're just getting Pantheon. right into it, huh? I think let's let's just get it out of the way. Oof. I really enjoyed 85% of this movie. I would recommend this film. If you liked Halloween 2018 and you like the original Halloween, you know, movie one and two, I would say watch this movie. It's a very solid plot. The kills are extremely unique. I thought some of the kills in this were fantastic. Beautiful movie, super suspenseful, 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 if you will. Um, I did have a little umbrage with some of the dialogue, though. I, I, I love a good action movie, but I don't think we need Expendables level dialogue in Halloween itself. That's not saying it's all bad, but there were some moments where I, I was very torn on what I was hearing. Overall, I would recommend. I would not recommend as much as I recommended 2018, though. I agree. I think this one, I'm really torn on it. I don't hate it. I don't think it's great. I think that there was some fantastic kills, some of the goriest stuff Michael Myers has ever done on screen. Some of the shots are just beautiful, and they finally have a mask that I think is absolutely terrifying. After... 20 movies or so now with all the Michaels and the mask has changed so many times over the years. The one used in this trilogy, I think is the best looking one they've ever had. Now, that being said, I think that this movie, while you say does a lot of throwback to the 1978 one, where it even builds in lore that wasn't there to begin with and Mm -hmm. characters that weren't there to begin with. I think they reference it too often to the point where I think it slows down the movie a little too much. And not that I don't like it, but they like, how many times do we need to see young Hawkins, you know, getting afraid, being in the house, being in the Myers house, looking out the window. Like we go, we, sh- we cut to that flashback two or three times. It feels like in the movie and it's like, 
okay, I get it. And then, like I said, with Lori Strode, it felt like they didn't have anything really for her to do other than sit in the hospital and, you know, wax poetic uh, poetic with an injured Hawkins about stuff for far too long. And it's like, just go back to where the Michael stuff is happening. That's the interesting stuff. I see. I enjoyed uh, uh, with the exception of some of what she said. Um, I enjoyed those moments because I really liked the fact that they didn't use Laurie Strode as just a, I'm going to fight Michael Myers again, because we had that in the last movie. I liked the fact that she really kind of like gave more context into the the background of this world that had been created by not only Myers himself and the the inciting incident, but also the people. Um, and I think that's what confuses. I, I think that might be what's so polarizing about this is this movie is it's Michael Myers is the centerpiece, of course, but this really is more of a uh, a deep dive into Haddonfield and the citizens of Haddonfield who have dealt and been part of this legacy of Michael Myers. Now, at that exact point, I think they hammer that home way too much. They really want you to know that everyone's dealt with this, everyone's struggling with this, everyone's defined by this. And I think those flashbacks, I didn't expect to see them, because one happens pretty early in the movie, and I didn't expect to see them, but I'm glad they were there. Well, the movie opens in a flashback, 1978, yes. right yes. at the end of the events of part one and when they basically capture Myers, right? Mm-hmm. And what? shout out to, I don't know if it was CG or they had a stand-in, but my man, Dr. Loomis, makes an appearance. Oh, I was so happy to see Loomis. I Donald think, Pleasance for life. I think it was a lookalike, but it was a damn good lookalike. Now, what I can say, though, is they need to find someone that sounds like Donald Pleasance because the guy that's doing his lines. Oh, sounded he sounded fine. Horrible. He sounded fine. No, dude. I'm cutting him slack. He sounded like a bad old like countryman. I put six shots at him. I don't know. Like that was one thing I was like, y'all could have done better there. One of the things that I didn't like is the movie has to open up and we're following around these cops that are searching for Myers and it's like, man, did you know I grew up next to him? I used to hang out at his house. He killed his sister. It's like, yeah, we know this. We're coming into a third movie of this. Like, we don't need to recap 1978 again. I wish they wouldn't have done that. I I think that they had to deliver some some plot to to use as, you know, um, contrast against the the mob that'll basically take a heavy presence later on. So I think by doing that, they were kind of trying to show you that like that this cop and some of these cops are like, you know, at, at the core of it, he's still just a person. We may think him of a monster. We may think of him as this bigger than life creature, but he's still just a person. I used to play at his house. My mom felt sorry for him. So she'd send me over there to play with him. Um, and it's, well, to me, it felt like the movie going, hey, did you just walk into this one without watching the other two? Let me catch you up to speed. And it's like, nobody should be walking in expecting to be spoon-fed the plot points of movie one and two. I I can see your perspective on that. I don't think it was quite as spoon-fed. I definitely think it's leftover pizza in the fridge. If you're hungry, you know, there it is. Oh, by the way, we got some pizza last night if you want it. But I don't think it was like, hey, sit down and eat this fucking pizza. <laughs> so, um, but no, I can I can see your perspective on it. And they do cut back a couple times to this scene, the the little the night that um, after he's done all the murders, he comes back to the house at the end of part one where Loomis confronts him. And then we get a few more scenes where they come back and we also get to see how Loomis wanted to shoot him in the head when he was vulnerable on the ground. And uh, Hawkins stopped him. 
And uh, this will come back later in a conversation with Lori Strode. But um, and this is all new info, right? This, this is all new info. Shown in the last one or yeah. anything like that. I mean, that. it's referenced that Loomis didn't shoot him and stuff like that. And if you watch um, Halloween Two. There's reference to this kind of stuff too. Like he Loomis is like down to kill him. Like original straight. Halloween too. Yes, the original Halloween yeah. too. That's set in the hospital for the majority Correct. of the film. Correct. Okay. Um, Haddonfield Memorial Hospital, yeah. which they had beautiful shots that were like very iconic and reminiscent of the Halloween too. Uh, I like Halloween too. I enjoy it also, and I'm. Oh, okay. So let's just talk about it. Halloween two is where they introduced the Sam Hain uh, plot line. Mm-hmm. The original Halloween two. Um, 1980. What does say Halloween two. two and Halloween kills? Okay. okay that's just fair. to differentiate yeah. the two and not talking about zombies at all at any point. So <laughs> yeah, just- no, no, zombies out of the picture on this one. Um, so what's interesting though, is they introduce the Sam Haynes storyline in this one. I feel like they're about to introduce this again. I don't know if they'll call it Sam Hain, but I feel like this movie was a, a, a long lead up to us trying to be like, lulled into this like hey if we introduce this crazy concept you guys are on board right it's very weird though because this movie has such a history uh, in cinema there's so many sequels the four five and six that exist that uh, are now negated like you said we've already gone down a route very similar to this so the movie trying to be like well we're finally going to answer the question is myers paranormal or supernatural or beyond human it's like yeah i mean we already kind of know he is is he vin diesel or the rock inside of a mask we don't know right but here this movie shows you like there's no possible way that myers human myers would have survived what he goes through in this film yeah and they absolutely no way in the trailer when laurie strode says you know like the more he kills the more he transcends once you see this movie and she, and th- that whole monologue is at the end of the movie. It's like almost the last thing we see right before we see a bunch of like rowdy kills. Um, and that, that kind of felt like a audience member who's going to bitch about Michael getting up again after getting shot and punched and beat <laughs> with sticks and everything. This is the answer for you. Yes. I think they were definitely kind of like trying to pause it. Like it takes more because she says it takes more than physical violence to kill him. And I'm like, there it is. There's our Sam Hain or whatever uh, supernatural aspect we're going to introduce with this this character. Um, have they ever I'm tried in to, for it. Have they ever tried to drown him? Like chain around the neck, <laughs> drop them into uh, Crystal Lake? No, because it didn't work the first time when they did it for Fred, uh, <laughs> Jason. It's a different guy, though. It's a different guy. Maybe he's uh, of the same ilk, though. I don't know. You know, that's that's a good point. I mean, we definitely have our thoughts on this, but you know, hold on. I'm getting a ping on the satellite phone. It looks like John may be available to share his thoughts. John, we go now live to you wherever you are, the heart of Transylvania spooky season. It is. What did you think of Halloween kills? What up, Creatures from Cyberspace? John here, and sadly I couldn't join Mark and Garrett in recording our main episode, but I still wanted to share how I felt about this movie. In short, I loved it. I thought the 2018 Halloween was okay, but I consider this one much more enjoyable to watch. It's not a perfect movie by any means, and I'm sure Mark and Garrett will touch on that, uh, particularly the fact that nobody in Haddonfield has any idea how guns work. Um, Here's a tip from a Texan. Uh, They're medium to long range weapons. You don't have to charge at your opponent with them, but you could stand back and shoot them uh, just as, if not more successfully. Uh, I was legitimately saddened by Lance's story, 
And Ross Bacon did a tremendous job playing his fear and sadness, uh, especially those last minutes at the hospital. I was really disturbed by that, honestly, and it really made me sad. Um, so excellent, excellent job there. For me, I mean, this was a really great movie. It was very fast paced. I, if anything, I think it could have been longer. I think the kills were amazing. They were so gory. Um, and I would very, very much recommend this movie. Even if you weren't a particular fan of the last Halloween movie, I think you will find this to be much more your cup of tea. Wow, John, I didn't think you thought Michael Myers was that sexy. That's a little disturbing, to be honest. To be fair, have you seen his fan art? Oh, no. It is highly disturbing and very erotic. Does he have a Patreon? It's Little John or Big John. John, which are you? <laughs> He's Middle John. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, John, for chiming in on your opinion of the movie. Um, all right. So like we said, the movie starts off with the flashback of the 78 uh, encounter with our Hawkins. And we see that Hawkins, unfortunately, shoots his partner during an altercation with Michael Lee upstairs of Michael's uh, childhood home. Yes, because Michael returns to the home after he's done his killing spree from the original movie. They confront him there. And yeah, he takes uh, his partner hostage and Hawkins goes to shoot Myers, but shoots his partner through the neck. And Michael, he exits the room uh, and leaves. Exit stage left. <laughs> right. And then uh, while Hawkins is consoling his dying partner, Michael is surrounded by the police. And Loomis. And Loomis. Later to reveal, like Garrett said, Loomis wanted to shoot him in the head, but Hawkins come downstairs and stops him. The cop, I guess like his captain or whatever, says, Hawkins, let's switch guns. This wasn't on purpose. I know even good intentions go poorly. Basically saying, I'm not going to like let you take the fall for this. This is a really fucked up situation to begin with. We're going to blame Myers for, you know, killing your partner more or less because there's no reason for you to go down for this fucked right. up incident. Which is morally gray, but I get it, you know. I get it too, but at the same time, <laughs> Hawkins is going to live with that guilt for the next 40 years. Well, I mean, he blames himself for Michael Myers still being around. He's like, I had a chance to let Loomis kill him and I didn't do it. It's not your fault, Lori. Because again, Lori's whole thing is like, he's here to kill me. He's here to kill me. And the, the, the B plot of this movie is, is he though? Because he just goes on a killing spree and then goes back to the room where he star stared out of the window in his sister's room. What is that all about? And again, they don't answer that. Well, this kind of uh, dovetails off the question that the 2018 movie posed is like, perhaps Lori and Michael both exist as polar opposites to each other. They are An integral. Integral to each other's. Yeah, they're okay. integral to each other's existence. As long as one exists, the other must exist. And that's what the doctor was saying, uh, who ultimately was trying to get them two together at the end of 2018. Well, and that's what they keep pointing out. They're like, the doctor brought Myers to you. Myers didn't seek you out, which then begs the question, are they a yin and yang? Are they the 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 black and white to the same puzzle? You know, because what do you think? I say no. I don't think they are either. I think Lori thinks that, but I don't think it's true. I think that's what we were getting at the end of this movie. Everyone's kind of like, uh, are we sure? And But it's tough to say because we don't have the end of the story yet. What is movie three going to posit? Is it going to be, ah, oh, yes, the light versus dark? You know, is it going to be that whole, uh, you know, Skywalker Vader fight at the end, like a return of the Jedi. You know what I mean? Is it going to be one of those stories? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, hopefully we don't have to wait another 
three years. I swear to God, if Lori and the Shape get married and live happily ever after, <laughs> can you finally, imagine the toppers on that wedding cake? <laughs> oh, beautiful! They cut it with the, the, the most gorgeous knife you've ever seen. Oh man, let's see that. <laughs> It'll episode. be covered in blood, but <laughs> I want to see that Bridezilla episode. <laughs> Say yes to the mask. So that's the basic setup at the beginning. Then we cut right into the uh, final moments of 2018 where they're driving away in the truck. All the firefighters are pouring in to put the house out of the fire. And of course, they're freaking out. No, let him burn. Let him burn. It's yeah, like, we yeah. get the, the Lori line of like, let it burn. I'm Which just like fucking awesome. Why I'm saying they should have stayed around with cones and put up like, <laughs> stay away, guys. This one burns. Don't save anybody here. Well, they're firefighters. This is what they do, man. It's their calling. I was really you can't ask a bird not to fly, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was really curious how they were going to get Michael to survive this house fire. And I thought it was pretty clever that he hid himself away inside of Lori's metal aluminum shielded gun rack. Yep. So one of the firefighters falls through the floor inside the house and op- open the shutter opens to the gun case and out pops Michael and just gets that dude. Every time Myers is on screen, you are intimidated. Even when he didn't have the mask on. And later on, there's a point where he doesn't have the mask on. You don't get to see his face, but... You are worried. I mean, you you should be at least. I mean, it definitely to me nonstop. I was like, you can't stop this dude. So that's why at the the end when they kind of beat him down on the ground, I was like, there's no fucking way. Like I refuse to believe that it was over because of that. And and sure enough, it wasn't as we kind of referenced earlier. But um, is this the first time Michael's taken on eleven dudes at once? Because I think they say he killed eleven firefighters in this escape. I don't think it is the first time. I think the man is just the the being is unstoppable and it's interesting though it's interesting how they 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 play this out well think about all of the people that he's killed in the past movies now just one two i'm sorry one pretty much one-on-one but he's had a few group moments though in movie one uh no i think two is the first time we see that in this home invasion killing women mostly Mm -hmm. right and young teens and then 2018 uh i just watched it yesterday and it was kind of the same he was just like stabbing old ladies in the throat like as he's walking through their houses and upgrading his weapons and whatnot so i think in terms of this these uh three movies this is the first time he had to fight a fucking pack of people firefighters are no joke those dudes are in shape and he took them out without problem oh yeah it's it's brutal uh we did have killer cam yes at this scene we also had victim cam in the same exact scene i, I was like victim cam. well played and then we also had um uh random civilian cam later on <laughs> uh th- this movie just spanned the gamut of cams and um <laughs> it was pretty it was pretty interesting it didn't bother me too much because they did it like real fast real quick they didn't rely on it very often but um man it was rough watching uh Michael like kill all those firefighters because he is just brutalizing them. Turns the saw around on one of them. Yeah. And just you see it all. Woo. They are not afraid to show you the gore in this movie. Definitely then, not. Yeah. And then later on they the cops show up to the scene and and see what he's done. They also see the um the damage he did to the cops in the first movie at, in front of the house. They see that too and they show that. This movie does not shy away from the gore. No, not at all. It's very tasteful about how it shows it on screen, but like the after effects, oh, you're gonna Sit down, because <laughs> it's, it's going to be there. So he gets away, and we're introduced to another flashback of a kid getting picked on mm-hmm. during Halloween evening, 1978. Uh, this kid, uh, come to find out his name is Lionel, and he is... Lonnie. The, or Lonnie, sorry. He's the dad of the kid 
that threw Laurie Strode's granddaughter's phone into the punch yeah, at the school Karen party. Karen is the daughter or the granddaughter? Karen's the daughter. So this is Allison. This Allison's is, boyfriend. Correct. From the 2018, yes. Right. So there was a little aspect there. I was like, oh, we're, I mean, I guess Haddonfield's a small place. That's the thing is it's, you have to remember Haddonfield is a small town. They do talk a couple times about like, maybe we'll get out of this small town. There's nothing ever happens here, you know? So. Right. Got to pause at that. But it, it, it almost was like, almost like the Star Wars problem of like these two families are related to everything major that happens in the galaxy. You know what I mean? But like, because it's a small town, we can let that go. Yeah. Everyone, everyone definitely is, is no who's who. And to be fair though, like when we get introduced to, Oh, after the, the flashback of uh, Luma's getting picked, or I'm sorry, Lonnie getting picked on, he has a run in with the original shape and uh, he doesn't kill him. Yeah. So why? I don't know, but that's, that is what I love about Michael Myers. You do not know exactly what's going through his head. You you know, with Jason, you shouldn't be at Camp Crystal Lake. Get the fuck out of here. You're dead. You know, Freddie, you're related to the people that fucked him up, you know, like, or some shit like that. I can't remember all the sequels. <laughs> but with Myers, you never really knew. You just knew that he was evil. And you had no idea the rhyme or the reason of why he's going to kill. And that is what always makes him my favorite slasher villain is because he's a, he's a mystery, man. He's a fucking enigma. But that's what was so when he let Lonnie go, I was like, I wonder why. But again, that's what leads credence. So when he does kill other per, other, another person, I'm just like, okay, this guy's a wild card. Yeah. But yeah, we get that flashback. So that's our introduction to Lonnie. And I don't know if Lonnie was ever introduced in the first movie. No, I think that was added. I don't think his character existed. Or if there was a boy who, they never gave him a name, at least in the original, if he was there. And, I was never given a name. Yeah. Um, but so now we cut to, um, in the first movie, we see a doctor and his hot nurse wife leaving to go to a party. We cut to that party in this movie. They're Which at a bar. I thought was fun. Like I, cause I, a talent I, show on Halloween night and a bar. Yeah. I rewatched a movie uh, 2018 last night. I was like, I just want to make sure I know everything that's going to happen in here. Refresh myself. And yeah, I was like, Oh, those are the ones that left while Michael went into the outer house and murdered people. It's direct connection to this movie too. So yeah, they're at the bar and then we find, uh, some other survivors of Myers victimizing them from 1978, we run into Tommy Doyle again. And Lindsay. And Lindsay. Yes, which were the small children that uh, Lori was babysitting in the original um, John Carpenter film. That's right. And to my surprise, now finding out Anthony Michael Hall. <laughs> Played Tommy Doyle, yeah. Um, they're, they're a little bit rowdy. They're definitely kind of tipsy. And, uh, you know, there's some interaction between these characters. Some really good, like, and again, this dialogue, these interactions were fantastic. Like, I love the, the way they were written. All these characters were very believable. And then so... Yeah, I'm so far, I'm good with what the movie's doing, building the backstory. I just think they continue to do it for too long, and then it just kind of drags on in the final act where they're still doing it. So you're right. But they, so far, so good. Uh, Tommy goes on stage, and he tells this whole story about Myers and the survivors being 40 years ago, and that, you know, we're all affected, but we're all going to pull through, and, and we're going to get together as a community. And then he starts talking about like, but the boogeyman's going to come back someday. And it's like, is this a ghost story or I memorial? Was, what I is think that this? was his like his showmanship coming yeah. through on that. Okay. Then they go back to drinking and, and there's some uh, interactions with our characters here. But then the TV's turned on and we see that these characters now realize that there's murders happening over. Our everyone's mind. getting text messages yeah. and calls and it's like something's popping off and everyone's kind of like, oh shit, look at all these murders. What's going on? They change the TV mm -hmm. and... 
everyone kind of sees this going on. And Tommy's like, hmm, I don't know. This seems kind of questionable, boys. And uh, he goes into street justice mode. Not quite yet. Not quite yet. But um, Lonnie gets a call from his son who comes across uh, Hawkins, uh, Deputy Hawkins, not deputy, but sheriff, cop, lieutenant, whatever he is, comes across Hawkins laying in the street after he gets his throat slashed. And so he calls his dad and is like, dad, I'm in trouble. I need help. So Lonnie's like, okay, my son's in trouble. We got to get out of here. About this time, the couple go to leave and they see someone in the back of the car and they think it's Michael Myers. We come to later find out that it's one of the escaped mental patients from the uh, the 2018 movie because two of those characters are still on the loose. So mm-hmm. people are kind of like chasing what they think is Myers because no one knows what he looks, looks like. So they think that's him, but you find out later on that it's actually just one of the insane mental patients you know, trying to escape. But yeah, this is the point where Tommy's like, we've lived in fear. We're not going to live in any fear anymore. It's street justice time. We're going to kill evil tonight or evil dies tonight. And he goes from zero to a hundred and like four seconds flat. And then he's got the whole crowd chanting the tagline of the movie. And I'm just like, all right, we get it. <laughs> we get it. Yeah, so the the escape mental patient, the other one that got out other than Myers, this is setting up a whole plot thread for the town to have to realize that fucking vigilante justice ain't always the way to go down. It, it's very flawed. No, this isn't the first time we've had this golden rule taught to us. Like, what do you think of it being here again? Because I was kind of like, yeah, come on. All I wanted was when the mob started getting really crazy and they're like, grab your weapons. We're going to hunt on Michael Myers. I was like, if this ends up with Myers cornered in town square and it's like, take a look at yourselves. Are you not the monsters? <laughs> I was like, if this is an elephant man situation, then fucking rad. I was like, that's the stupidest idea. But I'm in for it because that would have been the, the dumbest, hilarious thing, most hilarious thing ever. I would have liked it. I, To be honest, this whole plot line, I was just like, all right, let's let's move back to the story A. Uh, so basically the entire town looking for Myers mistakes this other patient for Myers and he ends up killing himself by throwing himself out the window of the hospital. Correct. And so um, Lori Strode, to, to kind of put everything in a little bit more time frame perspective, Lonnie, Anthony Michael Hall, or Tommy, sorry. And uh, Lindsay and a couple of people, they're like, enough is enough. We're going to get, we're going to hunt down Michael Myers. We're going to basically take him out. So they're on their hunt to, to take out Myers. Cut back to the hospital where the uh, Strode girls are at. You know, um, Lori has just had stomach surgery to get her organs like fixed after being stabbed in the stomach. The daughter is trying to keep her family kind of calm and together. She's also dealing with the death of her husband who got killed at the end of the last movie. And, and dealing then, with Allison that decides that she's going to be the heroine of the film. And I'm like, you have no training. What yeah. do you mean you're going to go out there and hunt Michael Myers? Like, I had a problem with this, too. I don't, I don't think that she should have had any business going out in the streets. Well, that's the thing is, like, she is very much affected by what happened. And she wants to, like, make sure this can't affect her family anymore. But she goes from zero to a hundred right and from it, like from like man we got victimized this is fucking terrible we made it through oh my god all right you know what let's go street hunting you know I, it was like whoa i don't think down. that switch is earned I, it, it felt very forced if it if it was karen forced. if it was the mother doing it it would have made more sense because, because she had years years of dealing with the trauma of being force-fed like your life is always in jeopardy if he exists exactly the mother is way more equipped but they turn her character into the whole, like, we need to be more reasonable about this, you Let guys. Let the cops take care of it. There's a system in place. And it's like, yeah, but you know that's not going to work. 
Yeah. You should know better. I, I agree with that. It felt every character, every Strode a character felt very forced as to far what their role was. It didn't feel super organic except no. for Karen's sort of. But even then it was like, she should be the one. I'm taking the moniker of Strode to be the heroine that this movie needs. Kind yes. of. And, and again, like, okay. I'm glad Lori wasn't the like, I'm going to fight him. You know, she wanted to, but she didn't. So anyway, as this is all going down, people are getting killed out there by Myers. They're hunting uh, Michael Myers down. We'll call it the uh, the squad. Um, they're out there hunting Myers down. And um, in the hospital, Lori thinks they've killed him. The family thinks that they're dead. But all, all these people and victims start coming to the hospital. Hawkins gets brought in. Oscar. Right. They share killed. a room now. Hawkins and Lori are going to share this hospital room until the end of the movie. Yes, which I love these moments. I thought that those scenes were so necessary and good. They start to find out that like, oh my God, maybe Michael Myers isn't dead. And that's when the daughter's like, I got to go hunt him down so he can't hurt our family ever again. And the, the mom's like, okay, hold on, take a chill. Go sit with your grandma. Let's not get ourselves killed. Lori doesn't know, but basically Michael Hall shows up. Tommy, Lori. you can't go in there. Lori. Lori, Tommy. he killed Marion, and he attacked Lindsay, too. What? Karen! We didn't know for sure. I didn't know what to tell you. Mom, I just want you to be okay. Listen, I just want you to know, when he gets here, I'm going to kill him. Because 40 years ago, when I was a kid, yeah. you protected me. So tonight, I'm going to protect you. Because everyone's still under this belief that Michael has to kill Lori. Right. Tommy Doyle's like, we need to go back to the hospital. And Did I say Michael? Yeah, <laughs> okay. Michael Hall. But <laughs> there seems to be the belief, or at least Lori's, when she finally finds out that her daughter lied to her, I guess because she got stabbed in the belly and mom didn't want her to run out of the hospital. To yeah, go she knew him. she would. She was like, she'll she's, fucking try to go vigilante. She physically Zero can't. to 100. Right. But <laughs> this she whole town. She's a 60-something-year-old woman with staples in her intestines. She's not going anywhere, even if she wants to. So unless she's supernatural like Myers. Unless she injects herself with a ton of morphine, which, okay, we'll talk about that scene in just a second. But yeah, so... Allison is like, I'm going to leave with them and go hunt Michael Myers. She goes with her boyfriend and Lonnie. But and they this hop is into where car. Yeah. But this is where every all the, the the Strode women start to find out that Michael is not dead. The the hospitals erupting into chaos because everyone wants to know what's going on. They need help. The uh, the black uh, cowboy sheriff from the first one who is barely in the first one, but shows up again to kind of be like, all right, let's, let's all keep a cool head here and figure out what's going on. I like to think he's a nod to Creighton Duke from Friday nine from what? Uh, Jason goes to hell. Oh, see, I got very Dennis <laughs> Hopper vibes from Texas Chainsaw 2 from well, him. Cowboy hat, sure. Yeah, the whole outfit of like, hmm, this seems a little bit messed up. Let's get in it on. Yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, I love the fact that it can go either way. Yeah. Um, Tommy whips up the fucking hospital people into a frenzy. He's like, it's go time. And then one of the uh, mental patients goes to the hospital for help and sees this mob. And everyone thinks that it's Michael Myers. And so now we've got mob justice run amok. Which the assumption is they, we don't know what he looks like, so right, it could be but him. But there should have been a, a, a group knowledge that two of them got free. So to assume... It was on the news. Yeah, they did right, see it. They said two. So to assume that, but you know, there's no thought process in mob justice. Well, and not only that, <laughs> one looked like Danny DeVito and the <laughs> other one looks like uh, Dwayne Johnson. He's Cobblepot so, from Batman Returns. <laughs> like, I mean, someone should have been like, there's no way that little dude took out, you know, 45 people. Right. So, but anyway, the mob is, is not to be reasoned with. Karen is like, guys, maybe this has gone too far. She decides to try to help this guy. She's like, okay, this has gone absolutely batshit crazy. It's gone tits up. Right. She gets to him before the mob and kind of locks him in a hallway 
while at the doors they're pounding on trying to get in. And this is where the guy's like, uh, there's no way out of this. And he breaks yeah, the window. He's terrified. And just splats on the ground. And man, I didn't expect him to show his him body. Half alive and twitching yeah. after being broken open like a fucking pinata. Yeah, that was a that was Oof. cringe. Yeah, that was a, that was a rough one. I yeah. was like, oh God, you guys. Okay. So at this point, Karen is like, okay, this has probably gone a little bit too far. So she's now going to be the voice of reason. Lori, during this whole fiasco, gets up and is like, it's time to get, I'm not going to stop. And she's like, mom, you got to lie down. Her, she, her staples get ripped open at can some we, point. Can we just say that the medical staff in this hospital must be all populated with former football players because they are bashing into people left and right. That's how Lori gets her staples ripped is she fucking needs one of these doctors in the nuts because he's like trampling her. Mm-hmm. And that's not the only time this happens during this whole mob scene. I'm just like this. I, I, why would the staff be whipped up like this? Because they're on the street clock. justice. They, they should step aside. You get a break. Okay. <laughs> they're all taking the break at the same hey, time. Break for justice. justice. Meet yeah. me outside. Let's beat a man. <laughs> <laughs> Good God. Yeah, it's. But at this point, like you see the sheriff who's kind of like, okay, this has gone too far. Uh, you see Karen who's like, this has gone too far. Everyone else at this point, after seeing that they've killed like an or they've forced a man to kill himself, like they all kind of calm down a little bit. Now there's still a little band of people who are like, all right, we still got to get Michael Myers. It wasn't that guy. And Tommy and Karen do now do have a discussion. He's like, I fucked up, okay. And she's like, Yeah, none of us are innocent at this point. Yes. You know, like we all share some blame now, but we gotta go stop him. So and- Karen's gonna go find her daughter, which is out with Lonnie and um his son, her ex-boyfriend or boyfriend. Right. Who's still dressed up as Cla- as Bonnie, Bonnie from, from their Bonnie Halloween Clyde, outfit yeah. from the other movie? That was a nice touch. Oh, we didn't mention though, but in one of the other cars is our uh, our other group of survivors with the doctor and nurse. Yeah, they had that in the car with um with Lindsay, Marion, uh, and the uh, the doctor and nurse duo that we met earlier in the movie, and also from the first one. They're out there looking too, and they they run into a couple kids who were playing on a playground. And these little bastards. I assume they don't have parents. They well, are well, they are street urchins that just <laughs> live on candy. <laughs> Consider yourself at home. Yeah. Do you um, know where Oliver Twist is, little kid? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so they uh, and also we'll talk about their their intro in just a minute with Big John and Little John. But uh, these kids are playing on a playground. They've got the Halloween three masks on: the witch, the pumpkin, and the skull, which is their their nod to Halloween three. The we'll call them Group B of vigilantes uh, go confront these kids. Like you gotta get out of here. And they're like, oh, we're not scared. There's some dude in a white mask playing um, peekaboo with us. We're not scared. And she's like, there he is right there. Lindsay loses her shit. She's like, you gotta go now, run. She didn't become a metal singer, but she, and the she, kids start taking it seriously. But one of them at one point was like. I think he might be a pervert. Nah, I'm like, isn't that then a take threat? That seriously, yeah. like, why are you laughing about that? <laughs> he might be a rapist. Yeah. You know how it goes. Whatever. Like, Dude. But they noticed that he, he's holding uh, one of the masks from their friend who hasn't come back yet. And that's when they're like, oh, shit, something might be up. Right. Michael Myers goes on a little killing spree here. He um, kills Marion in the car. He gets on top of this like SUV. He takes out the doctor, the nurse, and Marion. This has a really great kill where they've got guns and the, yeah. the nurse. The, the doctor takes the butcher knife through mm-hmm. the eye 
Oh, and was, they hold on that and watch him twitch to death. And I'm just like, okay, this movie. He just, was trying to talk, and I was like, oh god, please stop! Yeah. Like it was so uncomfortable. And then the nurse, I'm sorry, the doctor. That was the switcheroo. The, the yeah. it was a male the doctor's nurse. dressed like the nurse, and the yeah. nurse is dressed like the doctor. Right. She's trying to shoot at him with this hand cannon, missing left and right. As she goes for the driver's seat door. The door swings open after Myers pushes it open. The gun spins around and she shoots herself in the face. She's pulling the trigger. Myers kicks the door into her hand. It spins the gun and she blows her fucking head open. And it is, you see it and you're like, holy crap. Probably the second most creative kill of this whole movie. Can I just stop and let everybody know that guns are meant for longer range than point blank. You don't need to run up on somebody with a pistol. She should have kept her distance and just aimed, took her time, breathe, exhale, and fire. Well, that's the beauty of a gun. It's not a close quarters weapon. <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> by nature, one could argue you're doing it wrong. Yeah, which she was. But to be fair, everyone in this movie was a terrible shot. From the cops, from the original flashback to nowadays, no one can hit shit. Yeah, the only one going to the training courses was Lori Strode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. It was, it was very comical how bad everyone was with guns. So uh, Myers kills everyone in the car, and he chases Lindsay, who hides next to a little river in a tree. Think Frodo and the, the hobbits hiding from the ring race in Lord it's of the exactly Rings. exactly like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then he, he loses interest and walks away. Tommy and them find Lindsay later on. Right. But now's a good time to circle back to our trick-or-treaters that were at this playground. Yes. They are introduced because the original, I'm sorry, the current residence of the Meyer house is a pair of men, both named John, one little, one big. Little John and Big John is what they call themselves. It's, and, it's a gay couple. And Big John is l- smaller than Little John. Yes, that's, which, the, that's the cleverness right. of the name. It's like when you call a fat guy tiny, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> well, your bald guy curly. <laughs> so they're hanging out listening to Halloween records and they hear a knock at the door. And Real then, missed opportunity with the monster mash. Yeah. But, but what can you do? Yeah, it was still a spooky song, though. It was. It definitely so. was. Uh, outside, these kids are playing a prank, saying that uh, they ate a razor blade from candy that they got from the gay couple's house. Yes. I would have stopped and been like, what are you talking about, kid? We didn't put no razor blades in the candy. They were just like, oh, must take action, which I, I don't know. I would go out and see. If a kid was laying on the ground bleeding, I would go out and be like, all right, are you guys okay? I don't care if they I said- I think I would, but my point is I would have suspected prank immediately. Yeah. You know? Definitely a little bit like, well, it's not from our house, but at the same time, a kid's bleeding to death on your sidewalk. You're going to be like, whoa, like, I don't think you're thinking, well, wait a minute, my candy. But yeah, it did. It seemed a little bit. I didn't pass out Tootsie Rolls. <laughs> what gives? Oh, Henry. Wrong house, kid. <laughs> um, so yes, uh, little John is out there and he's like, oh my God, is he okay? And then the door slams shut behind him. And they're like, wait a minute. Why did our door slam shut? And that's when the kids jump up and like, ah, surprise, got you. We're not dead at all. There's no razor blade. Oh, you fools. We stole all your candy from inside. And, and they stood in front of this couple and gloated about their win as if they couldn't have just taken the bag and taken all the candy back. And I'm like, aren't you supposed to be running right now? And I get it. You're not supposed to hit kids. That's just that's just a, a, a day one, no contest. We all know, don't hit kids. It's not fucking right. At the same time, if there was ever to be an exception, <laughs> when a kid fucks with you like that, maybe a light backhand might be appropriate in that scene. I don't think either John would have gone to jail. That's all I'm saying. How about we submit some legislation to our city council saying, you shouldn't hit kids unless... <laughs> 
<laughs> Let's get that bill passed because this was an unless moment for sure. Um, but it was a nice touch because you thought, oh, did Michael sneak into the house while they're outside talking about razor blades and candy? Because that's kind of well, the that's, whole that's misdirect. The, that's what it's supposed to seem like. Like, oh my God, because they are living. I think you already mentioned this. They are living yes. in Michael Myers' old house. Right. And it's beautifully renovated. Yeah. God, they did a wonderful job with that house. Well, flash forward, Michael gets into this house again because I guess Michael only knows kill, 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 go back home. Kill, 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 go back home. Well, that is the the alternate um excuse, not excuse, the alternate uh, concept that they they say, you know, like, maybe it isn't about you, Lori. It's not all about you, Lori. Calm down. Yeah. Um, they're like, he just kills, and then he goes back home and looks through her window. And you're like, what was he looking at? And then at some point, it's positive. Maybe he was looking at the reflection in the window of himself. And it's like, okay, great. Expand on that. And I hope they do in the next movie, because they really make it seem like he goes nuts and then he wants to look through this window. But he did that before he killed anybody, too. Back when um, Hawkins was hanging out with him as a kid. He's like, he's like, I went over to his house, and all he did was stand in his sister's window and stare out of it. And I'm like, I want, see, I need that story. I need to know what he was doing that for. I don't I, give a shit about his like childhood. I don't know if we're going to get it. But uh, from another angle of this, is if this, if this Michael Myers, essence, Sam Hain, supernatural evil that inhabits this aging Michael Myers body, right? A reverse Benjamin Button disease, if you will. <laughs> I mean, he is 60 something years old and he can just manhandle anybody that comes his way. Why then is this essence of evil stuck in this house? I don't or think it's coming stuck back in the house. to the house. I, he's got an attraction to it or something. But again, that's a question that but may if, be answered. If the evil is more than Michael Myers, do you know what I'm saying? Like this, why is he a magnet to coming back to that location? Right. I don't know. If, if Michael is simply a vessel for this evil to manifest and kill, then why does it need to come back to this? Is they it, say location is, is everything in real estate, Mark. So the, maybe this is not some like Native American burial ground, is it? Like it's oh, stuck God. here or something? I doubt. I doubt <laughs> they're going that direction with it. But um, back to real quick. So yeah, and later on, as Mark said, uh, Myers does get into the John's house and he just goes to town on him. He kills him. I thought it was very comical that Big John starts taking off his like jacket as like he. He's some sort of his, boxer his jewelry, his but he's watch. like, he's average size. He's not like some fit, like retired boxer or something. Is he? Yeah. I don't, I don't know why. I mean, I think he was just like, if it's, if it's go time, I'm not getting my stuff dirty. <laughs> I was like, am I supposed to be intimidated right now? Because you're just an average man. <laughs> I think that was the joke though. I think that was the, the goof of like, you know, big John is this kind of smaller than little John guy. And he's just like, it's go time. Take it all off. Let's do this. Big personality wise, not physically. He's I like guess. a tiny dog that like barks at the big dogs. Right. But I loved it. I mean, he, he, and he had confidence with it too. I was like, dude, get it. He even picks up the smallest knife possible. I thought it was like one of those uh, fingernail uh, trimmers. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> it's like a little cheese that? knife, it's like a charcuterie knife. Yeah. Charcuterie, charcuterie. Chartruderie. Chart, 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 chartreuse. It's unpronounceable. Let's okay. move on. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tiny knife. But he's got, he's like, I got this knife. And then little John picks up a bigger knife. He's like, I got this knife too. And I was like, this is awesome. And they have a whole sequence of Marco Poloing throughout the house. That was smart though. Little John, big John, little John. Yeah. Big John. You know if anyone's in trouble at that point, <laughs> little John studies clear. No, it's smart, but it just sounded funny. It's like, oh, oh yeah, this is ridiculous. It was, but I enjoyed that. Cause I was like, that's, these guys have got it together. I will say that one of the things that were bugging me throughout the movie, uh, at some point when, like a character's trying to find out is Michael Myers in the closet and you know that you have another ally out there in the house somewhere. Why aren't they going like, 
hey, if you're a friendly, say something in the closet. I'm I'm approaching the closet because we see that Allison will fire her gun immediately without checking to see what's in these closets because she blows a pumpkin up. Yep. And I'm like, I would be afraid I'm going to get shot by you. Yeah, when when Lonnie and um, his his son and Allison get to the, the Myers house again, yeah, they're firing nonstop. Like, communication is, like, the biggest problem in horror movies, and I know it's got to be that way, but at the same time, it's just like, if you go into a house with people with guns, communicate your location. Absolutely. So Red did, team two coming upstairs. Room three cleared. Behind your back. Check your corners. You yeah. know, like anything. So I do appreciate the Johns doing that as they're searching the house. But unfortunately, as expected, Myers gets the better of both of them. Big John gets to have his moment like Game of Thrones and have his eyes pushed in and his yep. skull crushed. It's like, Ooh. oh, it's so it's so rough. But yeah, so the Johns get it. And again, Michael's back at the house. And then so... Lonnie and them, as they're they're heading there, are like, you know, like, if you look, he's actually going back to the house. They figure it out. The trail of dead bodies predicts he's going home because it's a straight line to his yeah. house. And so back at the hospital, this is where we start to get some conversations between Hawkins and Lori basically saying, you know, like, this is all my fault. And then Hawkins is like, no, it's my fault. I had a chance to stop him by letting Loomis kill him and I didn't do it. So this is not on you. It's on me. And then Lori's like, we got to stop this. Now, let's remind everyone throughout this movie non-stop everyone is delivering lines like i've got to kill him tonight it's up to me to kill him tonight i've got to kill him tonight and then like evil dies tonight evil dies tonight they bludgeon you with these fucking lines from characters of like how everyone's this is on me i gotta take care of it and it's just like everyone calm the fuck down a tad i mean i get it and I think Allison's delivering of these lines were the most comical. It's like, he's at his house. That's where we're going. And I'm like, okay, 17-year-old girl who has no training, go to the house. It's go time. You're just like, like, all right, whoa, 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 whoa. Calm down. <laughs> Lonnie, you want to step in here as an adult? Yeah, well, <laughs> you know? when they roll up to the Myers house, even Lonnie's like, what am I doing? I brought my son and his girlfriend with <laughs> yep. me. It's like, yeah, he has a moment idiot. of clarity. He was like, ooh, did not bring a team. <laughs> no, I brought no team. <laughs> I brought casualties. But so, yeah, they all go inside. Lonnie gets killed. Um, Allison and her boyfriend are fighting Michael Myers. And this I kind of is- wanted to see Lonnie's death because he's stuffed up in the attic stairs. Yeah, in the like little like yeah. drop down. We door didn't get thing. to see that, and I was like, "Ooh, no. how'd that happen?" Because they hear a gunshot and a scream, and they run in to, to see what's going on. So uh, Allison and her boyfriend end up fighting Michael Myers. Allison's boyfriend gets it; he gets killed, and then Allison falls in the stairs and breaks her leg. And as she's about to get killed by Michael Myers in the house, she's like, "Just do it!" And you realize she's talking to her mom, Karen, right behind her, who stabs Michael Myers in the back with a pitchfork. Now at this point, she takes Myers' masks. And runs out the door and she's like, if you want your mask, come get it. And he does. He follows her. And this scene is great. I, I, but I have a real umbrage that they are repeating Laurie Strode's mistakes from the 78 movie where Karen had the upper hand where she got him with the pitchfork and then she kicked him in the head and then turned around and walked out of the house. And I was like, you have an opportunity to finish it. Every but she doesn't. she has, she stops from finishing the job. When she stomps his head into the stairs, she does one kick, and then she's like, I'm good. And I'm like, no. No, finish no. the if damn job. you don't job, see brains. Cave I mean, that head in. I mean, we're not advocating violence here, but I mean, if you're, if you're trying to kill a, a serial killer monster. This is the mob's whole objective. Yes. Destroy Myers. And you don't take that opportunity. 
She's partially responsible well, for the reigning. I know why she did okay, it. It's okay. a trap. They're doing another trap, but she has the upper hand and fails to do anything. Yes, with it. exactly. It's like giving up your advantage just to be like, well, that's not part of the plan. It's right. like, yes, but you can end this now. Call an audible. Yeah. Exactly. You're the fucking coach right now. Hey, guys, plan's off. He's dead, you know. <laughs> I but did. later on, he gets shot six fucking times in the like the mob fight. And but he no gets one's the caved his head in yet. True. So true. You know. Try. Maybe maybe the the mask will keep it all in place though. <laughs> but so anyway, yeah, she runs out with his mask. He follows her, but she's luring him into a trap where the townsfolk are going to surround him and they're going to beat the ever loving crap out of him. And they and beat him down. They shoot him, stab him, well, knock him out. Before they get to work, they unfortunately close up Karen's face and go, "Gotcha." Just like the yes, last movie, I'm like, yes. "No, you did it twice. Why did you? It worked the first time, and now you blew it." <laughs> it's to you, show that she's clever. And I was like, "We got that already." When he walked into the trap, we knew what it was. Right. We didn't need the movie to be <laughs> like in our heads. We were like, "Oh, got him!" Like yeah. we didn't need you to be like, "Gotcha." Like, "Oh, that's what we were supposed to think." Yeah. Oh, this is a trap, is it? Because <laughs> well, it's like, well, fancy that the street is completely dark, and then all the cars flip on their headlights, yep. and there's a mob of eighty dudes. Like, we get it. It's a trap. Think like 80s beach football where they all line their cars up to light the playing field. But yeah, so they beat him down and they think they've got him. And at this point, Lori's giving her monologue of like, the mo- he's he's human, but maybe he's not because the more he kills, the more he transcends. If we think that we can take him out with just physical violence, we're wrong. And at this point, Michael, who looks dead, we think he's full dead. Gets Karen, up. Karen even stabs him in the back with a knife. Yes. He gets up. And after Karen runs back to, to check on her daughter, who's sitting on the porch, um, they he gets up and Michael gets up and murders everyone. It's this amazing like one on 15 fight where he kills everyone there after being shot through the chest. This is where we get the idea that like this dude is supernatural. There is something much worse going on here with this dude than just, you know, him being a strong man. He's not just your average and not that you're average, but he's just not a standard serial killer at this point. He has, as Laurie says, transcended to a supernatural threat. Karen sees the, the dead boyfriend and Lonnie dead. She lets her guard down, thinking that Myers is gone. She tries to console her daughter and then out of the blue... Michael has already made his way back into the house. So like, yeah. So as she's sitting on the porch consoling Allison, she gets in her head like, well, he wants to come upstairs and stare through this window. I wonder why she goes upstairs, stands in the window is looking through, looking at her reflection. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, why Lori's monologuing over all this. And um, then she sees Meyer's reflection. Like I, you think that maybe, maybe Karen understands why he's doing it. But as you start to like, well, maybe that's what's up. Boom. Myers appears right behind her and kills Karen stabs her to death upstairs. Just like, I like to think he found a razor scooter and just kind of scooted his way over. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow nobody saw him. All the cops are out front. He scuffled up the side of the building. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he got in. Yeah. Cause the front's crawling with cops and Allison and all the victims, you know, from that area are just like chilling. But uh, yeah, he gets upstairs, he kills uh, Karen, and then he stares into the window and sees his reflection. And then we start getting like close ups of Lori talking about how he maybe he's more than just, you know, a man. Maybe he's something more. And his reflection kind of superimposed. Man, it was so creepy. And um, yeah, the movie ends there. It kind of like leaves you on this cliffhanger of like, this dude can survive anything. What the fuck? And Lori and them finally catching on that like, maybe this is bigger than us. And yeah, that is the end of the middle chapter of the trilogy. And what do you want out of the third movie? 
Where do they go from here? Are we going to have, like I said, the Luke Skywalker Vader fight on the Death Star? I don't. Laurie Strode and Michael? I'm sure we'll get that, but I would prefer not. I would prefer Laurie Strode get killed. Um, I was hoping they were going to kill Allison. I think that would have made the movie better for me. I think Allison will be the the everything's fixed now that the the previous two fucked up Strodes are gone. Allison will be able to move on, or will she? Maybe it'll be up to her to to kill. I hope they don't do a like by going through this. We're now as fucked up as Michael is, you know. But again, that's why I hope there's a supernatural element, a a Sam Hain type storyline in the next one. Do you think Laurie Strode dies? Uh, yes, absolutely. They've already killed I'll her twice, it. right? <laughs> I'll call it now. She is going to die probably halfway through the movie. I mean, Jamie Lee died in what, H2O? Or she's died in the sequels. Resurrection? Resurrection. Resurrection. Yeah. 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 So she's already died before. Yeah. So. But um, yeah, they'll definitely kill her in the next one. I think that she'll die halfway through at the latest. And then it'll be up to Allison to kind of make things right. And who Allison will work with, I don't know. And will it be a like, you know, we went through something like they went through and now the town is just as messed up or is it going to be like, this house is clean. I don't know which direction they'll go with, but I'm excited to see it because at this point, we now know that Michael is beyond human. Right. So the other More movies... More human than human, if you will. Oh, thanks, Rob Zombie. Bringing it back around, huh? One of the things that uh, the other movies did, like you said, they go into the Sam Hain aspect a lot more in the sequels, four, five, and six. Do you think we're going to get some cult level shit that we thought we might have gotten in this one, but clearly not? I don't know if we'll get cult level stuff, but I would love to have some kind of like beyond our own knowledge of what this town or people or that house or the family or anything. Maybe the sister was into some weird shit. I don't know. You know, like, again, I this is what I really love about this ending. This movie had its moments where I was like, oh, boy, you know, again, most of it was dialogue. Um, like evil dies tonight. It's gotta be me. It's like, all right, everyone calm down. You're not fucking Rambo except for Lori Strode, pure Rambo. Right. And she's uh, been working to be Rambo her yes, whole life. Exactly. It makes sense. Which I loved why she, they put her on the sidelines this time though, because she is that like that ace in the hole, the one who could probably do it. And she was out of the picture. So it was nice to see your average Joe try to go toe to toe with this thing and then realize, Oh, we're not prepared. <laughs> we were not, we thought we were, we're not prepared. Um, but I, I love this. I love this not knowing, like usually you can get an idea where you're going with something with this. I have no idea which direction they're going to go, but I di- I guarantee you we're going to get a Lori, uh, Myers, like one-on-one type thing. That's going to, that has to happen, right? Because she was sidelined for the entirety of movie two. When Hawkins is still alive too. So, I mean, again, you never know. Like, again, it's, I, I love this ambiguousness. I'm excited for the next one we get next year. So barring any other pandemic bullshit. Yeah, it needs to come out sooner than this last one did, for sure. I recommend it. I, I do think that they really needed to tone down some of the messaging. I think they over-explain things. Uh, too often and it got a little wordy especially towards the end I would have liked to seen it speed up just a little bit like maybe cut five ten minutes out and I would have felt better about it it felt like they had like different characters tell us the same thing just in case we didn't get it from so and so in case you didn't understand what Tommy was talking about here's so and so to tell you it was like no we got it like we got it I loved the fact that they really focused on like this town is an entity amongst this story as well it's not just a backdrop it really is a breathing part of this legend and this this saga and stuff like that so you know what i also needed i needed more closure with 
Tommy Doyle's mob mentality that targeted the wrong man. I don't feel that he got his um, moment to actually process and understand what he did was wrong. Yeah, I don't think we he didn't did mention, either. but he dies. He gets killed yeah, by Myers. Yeah, he gets killed by Myers in the, 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 during the street the supernatural fight. street fight. Yeah. yeah, at the end, because he's one of the people leading that one that actually right. knocks down Myers. But his his answering for his crime just felt thrown so fast out the window. Like, well, we don't have time for this right now. I know I fucked up. Let's go. It's like, no, I wanted you to actually make that more poignant. I'm hoping that in the next movie they use his tale as a, as a uh, they use his situation as a cautionary tale when everyone's like, well, we should go get Myers. And everyone's like, no, y'all stay out of it. You saw what happened last time. I think that even though Tommy didn't get direct like comeuppance or anything with, you know, uh, 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 what's the word? Um, uh, consequences for his actions. Yeah. It took me a long time to come to that one. Um, <laughs> He, I think that his his moment, even though he didn't come to terms with that, it'll make the town come to terms with it. So I think we'll see less like mob justice um, and more kind of like, all right, well, maybe we should sit out of this and let the cops and whoever do their thing. But I think Hawkins is going to be like, all right, it's time to play off the grid. You and I, Lori, you know, we've got history with this. Let's finally try to take this out. And now whether they do or not, great question. Let the senior citizens handle this. <laughs> Grab your AARP cards and your guns. We're going hunting. Oh, boy. All right. Well, well, we will definitely talk about the final chapter of this one when it releases next year. Halloween ends is what Halloween it's called. Halloween ends. Do you think it's going to end? Or is this a fucking a Friday the final <laughs> chapter situation? I'm pretty sure they will end this trilogy and it'll stay dead for a while. Or rewrite it and do something else. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Maybe they'll give Machine Gun Kelly a crack at rewriting it. Oh, no. I'm just kidding. I'm joking. Well, listeners, have you seen this one yet? Why don't you let us know what you think about it on our social media? We've got an Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter account. You can find all things Grave Talk at thegravetalk.com. You got any recommendations for movies? You got any cold open questions you want us to talk about? Feel free to hit us up. Let us know. Thanks for joining us, and we'll be back next time with our Worst in Show series. Kicking it off with Saw 7, I believe. Yes. Four episodes in four weeks in the month of November. So strap in, folks. It's about to get rowdy. You're getting an extra helping of stuffing this Thanksgiving. You're welcome. Gorge yourself on this nonsense. Gord. Gorge. Did I say gourd? Oh, I get it. Oh, I get it. God, I'm an idiot. All right. On that note, (laughs) thanks for listening to the Grave Talk Podcast. We'll see you next time. Yeah.